welcome back to the podcast. I'm Anna. And I'm Kayleen. And we're Entrepreneurs, a podcast about two gay idiots owning and operating their business in the midst of end stage capitalism. Woo! Pew, 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 pew. So, <laughs> air horn, we, air horn. We have a guest today that I am so excited for. I feel like she is truly a visionary and like gonna change the world slash already changing the world um we have sakina in the Yay. house <laughs> thanks for having me this is fun yeah thanks for joining We're really us really excited yeah so let's just do like a quick uh quick check-in of where everybody's at energy wise um i'm still with kayleen uh you know the last here in new orleans mm-hmm yeah. Yeah, we felt we found out a skeleton mystery today. That was pretty exciting. So we all know Kayleen always knows everything that's going on about everything. And I posted on my story, what do you think happened to the skeleton arms? Kayleen for, saw it and she said, I know what happened. For con- for context, in my neighborhood there is the Home Depot twelve foot skeleton. Like you know that those like giant skeletons that people can buy as Halloween decorations, like starting like two or three years ago. Um, there's one in my neighborhood and it's missing its arms. It's been up for a few years, but um, Anna posted, like went on a, a walk and discovered it. And I was like, wait, I know who owns that skeleton. <laughs> I can just ask. Um, but apparently they are being repaired. They've mm-hmm. been in disrepair. Big drama in the bywater. <laughs> yeah. What happened to the skeleton, the big skeleton? Um so yeah, uh, yeah, we're still in New Orleans. I feel like I might be pulling the curtain back on the mystery of our recording schedule because um, I referenced this just in the last episode, but we recently got our COVID shots, our like bivalent boosters that help apparently protect against Omicron. Um, but I also decided to get my flu shot on the same day. So Anna's fine. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> um, so I kind of don't have a voice and I kind of uh, want to take a nap. So that's what the energy I'm bringing to this episode. Um, it's okay. We've done episodes from bed before. So everybody's just here for the journey. Yeah. yeah. What, what's up with you, Sakina? How are you feeling? Yeah. Well, like I shared, I'm sitting in the empty shell. That was my old home. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> Liminal space. Yeah. 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 And I'm kind of into it. It's really nice to be sitting here, like, in reflection and then also being in this interview kind of reflecting. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. It's suitable. But I'm coming down from a beautiful red tent event on Sunday oh. that was, like, beyond any of my wildest dreams and i'm still oh my getting gosh, tell my us voice about it. back yeah yeah for yeah. our listeners yeah know yeah. Tent the, yeah i know about like the is it like the book the red yes. tent so it's based i was obsessed with that book when oh, i was a teenager that's, great. that's awesome so yeah. funny story is i got a copy of that book red tent when i was 17 and mm-hmm. i read it and i was like this is so cool and it woke something up in me and I tried at 17, I like put something up on MySpace, <laughs> like yes. whatever I could to see if I could get this like red tent together. And pretty much what happened, what it was, it was just me, 17 year old me and three to four on any given day, older women that would just come and like school me on <laughs> what mm, incredible was. yeah it was like life school for me but it made such a lasting impact uh for me that I always carry that forth and and 
have always honored women's work and what happens when you put a bunch of women together in a room. Mm-hmm. But recently, after one of my women's sessions, I had somebody come up and ask if I would, you know, be willing to co-create something like that again. And it was a full body yes. So, yeah, yeah. It, it really is just a safe full circle. space. Yeah, it's a safe space for women to come together and just gather and share and reignite ritual and create deeper connections, sing song, care for one another. And yeah, yeah, it's a very wholesome space, super wholesome yeah. space. Yeah, really? for anybody who may not have read it, The Red Tent. Yeah, I'm like, what's the book? Oh yeah. my gosh, Anna, you need to read it. It's so good. It's, I think it's really special because it's like a rare retelling of biblical events from a female perspective. Mm-hmm. So oh. it is set in like ancient, like Old Testament times. Um, and it's about, is it the wife of Abraham? Yes. That like around that time, Isaac and Abraham? of like the rape of Diana there's a lot yeah yeah it's yeah it's beautiful and there's a lot to take from it depending Mm -hmm. on like your lens of the world really you know and it's really interesting because for me like I come from a more like a tantric perspective and then the woman that I'm bringing this forth with like is really on a different route and the way that we both view the book is like similar and different Interesting. so i yeah. love to i love to hear other people's reflections on the book and yeah I it's a really it. it's a special i feel like it's a reclamation of sorts mm-hmm. one because it's giving voice to like a time period where women's voices really aren't heard in a lot of the texts that are available and of course like it's a work of fiction but like the red tent had this is basically this idea that like women can't be a part of the tribe when they're menstruating. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm. so, but it's like a reclamation of this thing that's perceived to be an exile. And then you re- you get into the red tent and realize that it's actually like an oasis. Mm-hmm. And it's like this beautiful thing where women pass wisdom down to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually like a haven, a safe haven mm-hmm. for, for people. Yeah. That most of the that. men, yeah. uh, view as like a an ex a, an exile kind of thing mm-hmm. so yeah Sounds really beautiful me. book yeah that was okay book. i'm gonna put it on my to be read yeah. list Wow, sounds like we have lots of cool energies here. Yeah. Uh, some liminal spaces and some red tents, some missing skeleton arms. A little bit of vulnerability, Let's... I think, is the is the, the th- thread here. Yeah. All right. All right, Brene. Okay. <laughs> okay. We, uh, we roast wow. Brene Brown on this podcast a lot, so if you're a fan, just brace yourself. She can take that. it. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. We're waiting for, for a it. cease and desist. Here for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shall we hop on into tarot time? Yeah. Int- tarot time. Tarot time. Interested to see what what card we're gonna get today, just because you know the energy is a little a little abnormal. Um, we are in Scorpio season. And it's, I it's felt it today. immediately. Oh, yeah. I felt it's the eclipse it's today. today. The new moon eclipse. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh. Well, one it. just flew out. Oh, man. Nine of swords. <laughs> Again? That's some Scorpio-ass energy right there. Um, yeah. Ooh, nine of swords. We, why do we What's always the bottom of the one? deck, Kayleen? The bottom of the deck is the ace of cups. <laughs> 
Oh man. Yeah, our our vibes with the tar- with tarot time have been a little strange lately. But I don't know. I feel like Nine of Swords. I have not been getting good. Sl- Maybe it's a card for me. I have not been getting good sleep the last. We few pulled nights. it earlier in the season. Remember? Yeah. I think it was like like either the first or second episode. Yeah. I mean, of like season five. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's a maybe we're on a journey to embrace the Nine of Swords, just like a few seasons ago we were on a journey to embrace the, the Eight of Cups. The Eight of Cups. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nine of Swords. Thanks like, for listening. You're cursed now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, I think the Nine of Swords is like it's just shadow work, you know. And what's but what what fits Scorpio season more than shadow work? Um, it's time to like maybe. I don't know. I feel like with this, I'm I'm getting like maybe it's time to create a good nighttime routine, and and be deliberate about making like sleep and bed space a safe haven and a protected space, um, so that we're not quite as vulnerable. Um, yeah, it's all about fear and anxiety and um, nightmares and what can. This is like, a- it's a pretty traditional nine of swords, right? It's a pretty traditional nine like of swords. It's somebody like sitting up, you know, in bed. It's sitting up in bed, and you can see like the specters of like uh, some scary looking creatures reaching out. Um, mm. So yeah, I don't know. Take stock of like your sleep routine, your sleep hygiene. Mm. Um, it might be some time to get really intentional about that, and um, if repeated fears and anxieties keep coming up like don't try to shove that in the corner like things are only shadow work is only scary when it's in the shadows and when you pull it out into the light you can look at it much in a much clearer fashion um and much in a much plainer way and you can take some of its power away as well i think that's a big like eclipse energy thing too Mm -hmm. with like the nine of swords and i think that's like why people are like sometimes they're like don't manifest on the eclipse because it's just very upfront yeah it's like what are really put like your biggest fears like on what are you shoving into a dark corner and hoping to ignore it's not going to stay there so Mm -hmm. just pull it pull it out dust it off do some uh some spring cleaning yeah, Sakina, do you work with tarot at all? No, I think I told you, like, I love to receive readings, but I don't sit with the cards myself. Like, every now and then okay, I'll sit sure. with, my, with my oracle cards, but tarot mm-hmm. is such, like, a beautiful abyss to me, and I kind of love the excitement of, like, not knowing shit of what's going on. <laughs> I, I respect that. We and love just that. talked about that on our last episode. Really? Yeah. Like, literally. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen I've, enough. Yeah. Well, it's, and yeah. then also, like when you Mm -hmm. see so much you know so it's Mm -hmm. funny with what you just said because I'm sitting in the old apartment that I call my chrysalis like this was my chrysalis Mm. space where I Mm -hmm. just unfurled and there was like no control it was just full ego dissolution so many times and dying and dying and dying again and rebirthing again in this space and you've that I'm sitting in You've now. literally just... Oh, I just got chills. You've yeah. literally just cleaned out all your closets yeah. and your corners and your, I did. you know, and, nooks and crannies. Like, And get this, last night, so we just, for the first time ever, like, we just got this awesome bed. It's like a super fancy bed. So last night was my bed. first, like, good sleep in as uh, long as I can remember. So it's I really I love that funny. for you. Yeah, we, like, cleansed the space, got a fire going, built our first fire in our new little home, and and then slept in our brand new bed and just, like, I love slept. That. It was so, so Anytime, good. Yeah, 
anytime I go through like a really big monumental like life thing, I reward myself with new bedding. Mm, yeah, it just mm. feels like like uh, like the ultimate like treat. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel that. Yeah, I'm gonna go buy sheets today, so I feel that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense for you. I think, like, the nine of swords with the ace of cups of, like, not, you know, not having a super restful sleep and then chrysalis mode and then ace of cups. That's that's all new beginning. Mm-hmm. That's a, a big emotional birth, mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like. Uh, ace, of cu- ace of cups through. is very momentous. Yeah. So. What's Let's on the us. other side of all those swords? Mm-hmm. So, listeners, if you're going through it. It's okay. Ace of cups, I think, is uh, here. Yeah, that's that's what's that's what's at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no more no more swords. So we'll see you next week. <laughs> we'll see. Episode. What are we at? Is this is this forty eight? This is forty eight. Forty eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forty eighth episode. Um, well, beautiful. So let's hop on into our main dish. Set the table. We are serving the main dish. Uh, I'm really, really excited for this one. We have, I, I'm just like so personally inspired, and I feel like um, Sakina is somebody that like you talk to them, and it's kind of like immediately activating. Um, even just like having a conversation, they're just like oh, okay. Um, but has also had like a very impressive. Um, adaptable, versatile, exciting career. Um, started out at, like metal smithing mm-hmm. and now is like a breathwork practitioner while also continuing to doing metal work, which I think is just like two of the like almost unexpected, but like, yeah, that makes sense. Kind of like marriage of projects and career. So can you just give us a little spiel Give us your, ele- not your elevator pitch, but like, uh, can we, can you talk about kind of your, your jewelry making journey and then how that led you into this beautiful red tent breathwork, um, practitioner where we Space. are today? Yeah, sure. Thanks for that intro. Uh, yeah. So I started off as a metalsmith and really just a creative 13 years ago. And I like to say, you know, the way that all of this comes together is being a metalsmith, lapidary artist slash creator has had me so anchored in the elements of like earth and water and fire, obviously, but mm-hmm. with this transformation of, of stepping into the practitioner role and somatics and breath work, it, it like brought air in and I feel like the alchemical elemental circle or, or all of that is like complete now and it feels really good and really wholesome. So oh wow, it used to feel yeah. like, what am I doing in this space? And now it feels like, of course I'm in this space. I had to be in this space, you know? So it's, it's been a really a blessed and wild and full spectrum journey. I'll say that, but yeah, um, creating kind of was birthed from <sighs> starting off my my schooling in the medical field because what what else is expected from a young Indian woman? <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. it transitioned into being in, an art major and really trusting myself and my creative process and then 
fumbling my way into working with stone and then metal and from that day on it was I mean it was like pure deep love and devotion to the earth and and all of its magic and all that it gives us to create with I'm really in love with um just the idea of you know somebody finding metal for the first time and like throwing it in the fire and seeing what happens and then making something of it and there's something Mm -hmm. in me that's activated whenever I'm in my workshop space so like the second I light my torch or I'm sitting down to like work with metal something happens deep within me and it's that feeling of just being fully alive and fully activated and the same thing happens to me in the session space and and being a practitioner so yeah it's all definitely come full circle full circle there well I feel like with both of them as you know with working with metal like you have to be fully present too Mm -hmm. um like when you're there you're there you can't be anywhere else I've spent like a, a decent amount of time in like metal smithing uh, shops and stuff like that and it's like yeah it's like one one false move and you, you can't mm-hmm. you know? like that's it and same with like kind of like the breath work too like I think you're we're kind of like walking edges like a similar like a similar it's more metaphysical right but um, I did a I did a workshop with with Sakina um, and it was like a group session and it was very much like we are experiencing um, these edges where you have to be fully present right or else you're just kind of like whoo all right somewhere somewhere else which I think I really and it's also very like somatic um yeah so can you talk to us a little about the breath work that you're doing because I feel like (laughs) our listeners it can mean a lot of different things um and I would like to hear it from you yeah of what yeah, I feel like what if, you're doing. if anything, most of our listeners probably only know breathwork in the context in the context of like a yoga. Yoga class, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I feel like that's the most that's the most common entry into into that for most people. Yeah, it's the gateway drug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Most people hear breathwork and they think about like pranayama or, or kundalini or, or something that they've experienced in a yoga class of just uh, being mindful with the breath. But really, the realm that I'm in, and I've tried it all, I definitely had years of just experimenting and exploring and just trying things on to see what fit best, but I ended up in the space of somatic breath work, and it was, uh, it called to me because it was super laser focused on moving things through the body beyond the story so you don't need the words you don't need to try to explain yourself you don't need to try to recollect these memories that might be lost and suppressed under all this parasitic tension and pressure anyway it's just moving through your body and that was super important vital and powerful for my own journey um, so yeah, somatic breath work is definitely based on discharging any stress or pressure or tension from the body. And it's a very particular structure that I like to 
bend and flow with depending on who I'm working with, but it really is all based on taking you into a space safely where you can process certain events or things that have been lodged in your body and in your nervous system and move them through your body and your nervous system to get to a space of clarity and connection with yourself. And all of that sounds or can sound kind of vague, which is why I'm so happy Anna, you got to actually experience it because I remember the first time with us sitting down talking, I was like, you should probably just just feel it. But but yeah, it's, it's a lot deeper than um, say a pranayama or, or a short uh, practice that you'd experience in a yoga class. So it's, it's an experience, it's a journey. Um, it's usually a full hour of guided holotropic breathing, which means a deep circular connected breath that you bring all the way down to the back of your throat, down into the belly and expand 360 degrees. And we do that for a while to activate the system and then we bring you into a space of regulation and repatterning and reprogramming for the second half through a different breath pattern. And in between all of that, I use NLP cues, trauma-informed touch, and um, a lot of different somatic awareness modalities to really just bring you back home to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think I am a huge proponent of of breath work. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and like go there. I had my Kundalini awakening during like breath work. Um, and I was not, I like, I had a dream. It was like, it's time for your breath, your Kundalini to awaken. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Okay, whatever. And then, and then I did this like breath work workshop. Like I bought like an audio and I did it and I thought, yeah, I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, there we go. So then I pretty much ever since that moment, I was just like, all right, I'm on the breathwork train. Yeah. And then I did a lot of like breathwork also, but just like YouTube kind of mm -hmm. stuff um, after my divorce, like because I was starting to experience like panic attacks and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, we got to like, we got to handle this. So I landed on doing like breathwork meditation, like the same one every day, and then like dancing, mm -hmm. just like constantly. I was like, this needs to go somewhere because I can't just have it resting in my body because it'll, it's trying to destroy me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think breathwork is, a, especially like the somatic element of it, is such a gateway to kind of like, you have this energy and you have the pathway to like express it out and to like, let it go mm -hmm. and what's so cool about what you're doing you're leading these sessions uh these group sessions too which is just so powerful to be with other people while we're all kind of like entering this liminal space together mm -hmm. and like dancing with each other and you can kind of like feel the energies and hear the energies but like you're also very you're expanding your energy too mm -hmm. So you kind of have the space to like accept those other energies that people are giving off. Um, so it seems like, I feel like metal smithing, right? You're kind of like by yourself in your studio um, doing, doing the fire bending. 
how did what was the leap um like was there like a cue where you're just like started dabbling into it and then your intuition was kind of like this is your next move like we're gonna lead breath work somatically and like completely transform people's lives because like the the testimonials that you have from your workshops are just like insane um like people like physically getting healed or like just just completely radically changing their life through breath mm-hmm. um i so mean it makes sense kind of think of how like small your world feels when you're short of breath mm-hmm. even just like on a practical physical thing like that's the first thing you know that something is wrong in your body is if you can't take a deep breath mm-hmm. in my experience yeah. at least maybe that's growing up as an asthma kid but well most of us actually we go day to day just sipping on our breath like even if we were to check in right now how whole is your breath really (laughs) you Mm -hmm, know so really just taking like a full inhale and exhale that in itself is is a big move for some people you know so when you really carve out an hour to like focus on this one master key that it our breath is the one thing that we do and it's one thing that they check for when we arrive here it's the last thing that we do before we Mm. leave this little earthly realm we should know how to do it right don't you think (laughs) so like once we figure out how to use this one master key to our benefit you realize you really are the alchemist you are the creator and that is more so my role than like these testimonials are are so beautiful and so wonderful but whenever i hear those words i receive them and i receive them deeply but i also get to turn around and say you did that that really was you just getting to know yourself better because i it isn't me that drags them into the room lays them down and makes them do it you know Mm -hmm. they they have to be willing and if you're willing there's so much on the other side it's it's awesome it's incredible and yeah it's changed my life completely you know uh to answer your question anna there's like there's like one thing i'd really like to unpack because i think it's kind of important Mm -hmm. as far as somatic work if that's okay yeah sure so we and this is not to i'll preface by saying this this is not to um discredit any sort of talk therapy of any kind i've been in therapy since i'm 14 so i totally get it but when i learned this this really did blow my mind open and and i see it living out in people all the time you know when something happens to us a big traumatic event or a stressor or even little things like experiencing road rage from somebody else you know we feel it in the body first so if somebody were to break into your place you would fight flight freeze fawn you'd have some sort of instinctual defense response right if you sat there and thought about it something might happen so you might pick up something to hit them and fight or you might freeze you might run away there's all these different responses that'll happen either way it happens somatically first we then create the story when we're safe enough to do so so after a while or getting away from from this threat then you can recall the events the sometimes the issue that lies there is we're not able to tell the story from a clear and connected space if you're still stuck in that instinctual defense or that response your body needs to complete the feedback loop in order to create the correct story from a place of truth so somatic work is really important 
because we go there first versus the story. Like a lot of people that I work with, including Mm. counselors themselves, they feel like they have talked themselves in circles and it gets frustrating. Like you'll sit in an office and you try to talk it out and you try to dig up this memory that could have possibly done this thing, but you just can't get there. And sometimes you really can't. Like if you have Mm -hmm. so much parasitic tension and so much built into your body and into your nervous system, it'll take some somatic work to even get to that space to talk about it or process it from a place of clarity and connection instead of wounding. So I always say I help people get to a space of being able to lead with their truth instead of their wounds. And that comes from from, um, somatics and somatic practices in addition to talk therapy and everything else, you Mm -hmm. know. um, I believe it's a really wholesome and holistic approach when you look at it all but start with this little earthen vessel that we're in. So, well, it makes sense. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. Well, because, you know, you think about trying to describe something awful that happened to you and the only way that you could even come close to like matching how that feels is like a feral fucking howl. You know, mm-hmm. like you're not I can't, you know, you can't I can't keep saying the same things, Mm -hmm. using the same adjectives, using the English language so much when, like, I really just need to, like, fucking howl and cry and become an animal. Like, Yeah, we are expressive beings. Like, we literally are vessels of expression. So that is... That is how we function. That is what we Mm -hmm. need to do. And if you think, if you look at like a wild animal or a baby, right? Like they will discharge. Mm -hmm. They will move that through their body because they're listening to their Mm -hmm. innate wisdom. We all have that innate wisdom. A lot of us are just conditioned otherwise. So like if you look at a gazelle being chased by a lion or something and say it gets caught in the mouth, it'll freeze. If it gets away, the first thing it's going to do is take a big, deep belly breath. It'll make some sort of like noise or shake, like Mm -hmm. that shake that your cat does Mm -hmm. when it gets attacked by something, you know, or the baby having the breakdown in the grocery store. Like these are all actually super intelligent responses. Mm -hmm. The issue there is if we were to just start like taking big deal like (gasps) and shaking and making noises we might have the cops called on us Mm -hmm. like we are so deeply conditioned it becomes inconvenient right to those around us right so when we create these safe containers to just like go there fully you're able to coast and and a lot of the times people will go through a session and then they'll be like oh my gosh i remember this thing from when i was four and i had no idea it was affecting me in this way but if you move it through you, you can get there. You can get there. Or like, you know, so many people's first yoga experiences end with them in tears. Mm-hmm. Just because unexpectedly. Yeah, yeah. Because... Even just like opening up the hips, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I remember yeah. being in a... And you're like, where did that come from? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are cusping a time where people are finally learning how much the mind and body are connected. And it's a really, mm-hmm. really exciting time. Really yeah. exciting. And I... So back to one of Anna's kind of original questions. What was the, mm-hmm. was there a specific the moment this where you made the switch from yeah. or decided that that was a, a way that a new path you wanted to yeah. start forging for yourself? Yeah, that came from my own health really falling apart on me. After my mother passed away four mm-hmm. years ago, I kind of dove straight back into work like I was in the workshop every day Mm. just like hammering out my pain and and moving it out through that 
through those, you know, creative ways. But I also was getting deep into breath because my health was falling apart. And I found myself being fully able as a provider and a caregiver and this lone wolf that built this business and, and all the things um, to being completely bedridden and mm. not even able to put clothes on because it hurts so mm. much. Um, I could not do anything. I couldn't even get up to use the restroom some days. Like it was the most painful sobering experience uh, and all I could do was breathe wow that's all I could do I was flat on my back and all I could do was breathe and when you realize that is the one thing but also like the greatest thing that you carry and and for me it was like oh I still have this like I still have this even though I felt completely hopeless and and uh there were many times where I I prayed it would all just end there were little glimmers and hopes and this like golden thread that was weaved into the tapestry of it all that that had me push through that and the more I connected to my breath laying on my back in the deepest pain the more I realized like oh my pain is going away just a little bit more Mm, I'm thinking a little bit more clearly all of these pings Mm. and downloads and all the things start coming through and it kind of carried me into a space of getting back up again and, and walking the walk and talking the talk and then having all of my loved ones and closest ones seeing me and being like, what are you doing? And uh, because I, I went to the doctors and, and I got the scans and I was told I was nuts, I was making it up mm. and um, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and a couple of other autoimmune and chronic pain. Which is basically like, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, a big That's like the diagnosis mark. you get. It's a big That's question That's the diagnosis mark. you get when they give up on diagnosing you. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or when they just want to, you know. Yeah. And it was so painful to be so invalidated in those ways. But then to lay back down in my bed and like breathe and find more of the answers myself <laughs> was was uh, interesting and super important in the path. So yeah, it kind of stemmed from me just showing up, just showing up and, and being myself and then enough people looking at me and doubting me, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just breathing. Like I'm getting into breath work again. I'm getting into bodily awareness and really focusing on that mind-body connection because my biggest teacher was watching my mother pass away Mm -hmm. like slowly and painfully. And just, it was, it was deep and transformational, but uh, she did end up really succumbing to suppression in many ways and she knew it and a lot of those little talks that she left me with were the things that kind of activated me in those moments of being in bed and immobile like there's no way that I was gonna let this pattern play out again Mm. I was here to Mm. really 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 change that and figure this out and not succumb you know so yeah it it happened um just a couple of years after after she passed away, after my own health collapsed on itself, and after enough people asked me to uh, sit down with them and teach them this breathing thing, mm. <laughs> where I finally was like, okay, I need to uh, go ahead and get some sort of certification or something, you know? And yeah, I just followed the rabbit hole down somatic work until I found the things that rang most true for for me and and felt right and aligned in my body and with the people that I was working with and 
yeah, it's just been a steady path upwards yeah. since. You are your own best testimonial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. When I think back on myself just a couple years ago, that's what keeps the fire lit. Like, wow, this right. really is something. It's very, quite a transformation. Yeah. Yeah. What would you recommend to someone who is, like, either totally new or relatively new to breath work as, like, a, to explore or to, to get started? Mm. Yeah, I would say just simple awareness of the breath, like even taking the moment to notice when you're sipping on your breath, like right now, check in, or when you're driving, or if you're just sitting on your computer hunched over all day, like sitting back up, straightening, and taking a full deep breath, trying to bring it all the way down to the belly and just see how that feels. A lot of the times, you know, when people first start, they get stuck in this area, like the diaphragm area or the vagal break. And that in itself is like this massive um, discovery for them. So I would just literally say start playing with the depth of your breath. Like take a deep inhale in for four to eight seconds. Let it out, you know, for eight seconds and see where you're at and then get curious, get curious about it, you know. I think um, a lot of what I do in sessions, especially outside of those group sessions, like the container Anna was in, um, it's all about somatic awareness. So just like even getting used to the feeling of your hands, feelings of your hands on your body and then your breath. And yeah, taking it baby steps at a time, one breath at a time. Because it can get, it's like opening up Pandora's box if you go straight for like this full in-depth breathwork session, which is great for some people, but but not for everyone. Um, we we have a like hypothesis on the podcast about like apocalypse magic, <laughs> and it's kind of like as we're in like end stage capitalism, we are kind of reigniting our innate powers our apocalypse powers, mm-hmm. if you will. And I kind of feel the veil is getting yeah. thinner and we are getting more uh-huh. powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh God. You just said that. And I had deja vu, like literally with like the three of, Oh boy, yeah. here we go. <laughs> well, I think, Glitch. yeah. Oops. Um, well, it's just like this idea of what you're talking about of like, you hold this space for people that they can be very like feral, very wild, very expressive, very as big as they want to be and we don't have the opportunity to be as big as we want to be and like in day-to-day life but I see my my like wishful hypothesis is that as like the structures are like crumbling around us and the things that we're working are not working we're seeing that it's all based on like exploitation and like taking and you know profits over everything that we're gonna come back to like our wild muppet selves right that we are gonna be able to like (laughs) be comfortable enough with like moving this extreme amount of energy through our body and then we can just do it you know wherever um I know Mm -hmm. personally I do it with like dancing by like dancing outside and everybody's like at first people are like oh that's weird but then they're just like okay whatever and it's just like Mm -hmm. Yeah, to go on a walk with Anna, you have to be comfortable going on a walk with someone who's going to, like, high kick <laughs> the, like, half the time, you know? I love that. Dancing is also yeah. somatic release. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. just, like, moving it through you. And as the, body, the yeah. world gets more chaotic, we cannot expect ourselves to keep that in and give us fucking anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we really just... Uh, 
go go for it you know and I think that what you're doing and the work that you're doing where you're giving people like the space to like really be true and weird and authentic and bold in their expression like people have that and then you kind of have this like consciousness uh revelation of like how big and exciting your energy is and then you can take that outside and then you can be weirder and I think the more weird that we are together like like out in the real world I think that's where the revolution happens um yeah they're just like snaps to that yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) being ready for it so I think because I I think you hear it a lot people are like oh the cops would you know uh if I did that at home, the neighbors would call the cops on me, kind of like what you were saying. And it's just like, well, let's get to a point. Let's normalize cortisol regulation and like. Be like, hey, neighbors, every so often you're going to hear a primal scream. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's part of it is like definitely briefing neighbors with, with mm-hmm. what's going on. And to be honest, with that being said, I've never had anyone be like, ooh, don't do that. Yeah, you know? they'll be like, that sounds yeah. nice. I could use one of those, you really, know? Really, <laughs> like, really. Yeah. Or they'll be like, oh, okay. And then later on, they'll be like, so how was it? Can you tell me? Yeah. <laughs> right? You know, like, I'm, I'm, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. We are all, like, we all relate in that way. We all have emotions. So, like, we can all yeah. relate. We all on, need release. Yeah, we can all relate on breathing because we all breathe. It doesn't matter what walk of life you are, you know, whether you're super spiritual or you're, like, the high-level CEO, we all breathe and we all understand emotion and stress so like that's it's a universal thing and and I do think Anna you know people I have a friend that calls me the annoying optimist but I really do think that we're getting yeah I think we're getting to a space of that Mm -hmm. I really do I see it every day in every session and the people Mm -hmm. that I work with there's something so much bigger and like something really awesome happening yeah, I yeah. I think so, and I think uh, big Even energy big requires big <laughs> energy. So yeah, I I think it's really yeah. exciting, and personally, I feel very suited for this timeline. So I'm just like, let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think people need to, you know, myself included, give themselves permission to be big, yeah. and to like let it all out yeah permission. it's really vulnerable it can be scary because you're oh, like yeah. opening yourself up but oh yeah it doesn't come naturally to to everyone but mm-hmm. we're breaking down a lot of socialization mm-hmm. in terms of like letting your emotional world be public yeah but yeah absolutely but yeah. i mean my favorite i just want to say my favorite time to do breath work is when i'm getting tattooed oh. <laughs> that's a good time to do it <laughs> Yep. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's. I think that's how I got through. Well, that is. I think that is how I got through my last. Like I rushed my tattoo, and I have this like massive, yeah. like back to butt piece <laughs> that I did wow. a couple of years ago because I really wanted my mom to see it before she passed away. Yeah. So I just totally rushed it, and I ended up like learning a lot about breathwork that day. Let me tell you, after yeah, I you can really put yeah, you have smoothie. to. <laughs> just, oh yeah you, my you have to put you like you can really push the limits of your body you can do so and it was actually much. the last tattoo I got was on my stomach right here and I was like oh no wait I can't take a full deep breath mm. while this is happening it was a really like mm. I had to tell the tattoo artist I was like I usually do a lot of deep breathing while I'm getting tattoos so like 
tell me if this is going to be a problem for you. Because <laughs> I only have yeah. one tattoo. I got it on my foot. I don't know if you noticed this, Kayleen, but I was chanting at the end of it. I was like, ugh. Oh, yeah. You were you were having a full body experience. <laughs> Cheers to that. All right. Shall we bro mm-hmm. book review? Bro book reviews. I read a bro book every week so you don't have to. So in case if you forgot, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, everybody. I know this is an unexpected one. Good morning. Good night. I, how did I know you were going to pick that because one off the shelf? Because this is such a good book. It's little pep talks for it me is. and you. And I give this one five stars. Like, this is just... Yeah. Um, this. The thing is, speaking of annoying optimist, Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's, I think it's a really, that book is really interesting. So I feel like it really like this, because that book is a compilation of like a bunch Mm -hmm. of tweets he did over the course of a few years of like good morning and good night tweets Mm -hmm. that he now doesn't do because at some point or another, like the internet decided that his genuineness was too cringe Mm -hmm. and like it happened on a dime. This idea, and I think it's interesting that we're talking about this in like connection to like you know mm-hmm. being public and with big emotions. The world punished him for being a theater mm-hmm. kid. <laughs> well, Twitter punished him. Yeah, he's, he's doing, doing fine. He's doing great. But this is like, yeah, yeah, it's like these tweets that he he did, and it's it really stood the test of time. Um, I'm gonna look. I feel like it was published around 2018. I think I got it as a birthday present in 2018. Yeah, published 2018. And I think it really stands because it's just like these little, you're doing a good job, kiddo. You know, it's like it's it's gentle parenting and it feels great. Um, Good night. One of the few pre-2020 books that gets Anna's stamp of approval. Um, Good morning. Write a bit. Just for yourself, give the maelstrom in your head a place to land. Look at everything swirling around in there. You are so loved, and we like having you around. It's just, it's nice. I I really recommend it. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I mean, I have a lot of opinions on him, but I think at the end of the day, the art that he creates is absolutely phenomenal. So, good good for him. So... That's uh, yeah. If you need to pick me up, which really is what a lot a of these, all these self help books are. They're just like, they're just the, like yeah. um, emotional hygiene, taking your like vitamins. It's just yeah, but this is one where you can just open up to any given page, mm-hmm. on any given day, and get what you need, and then put mm-hmm. it back on the shelf. Yeah, or you could do what I did yeah. and read it on like a third date with somebody, while they're making dinner and start crying. That went well. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing? I was like, great. It's very emotional poetry book. So read it in public, cry in public, big emotions, big expression, you know, just move it it through. Spoken like a true Aries. All right, Sakina, what do you have going on? How can people find you and what projects do you have? Mm, Yeah. I have a lot going on. There's a lot active right now. Um, but as far as connecting with me, you could find me on Instagram at nightbreed underscore creations for all of my jewelry, metalsmithing, lapidary work. 
and then sakina.seva for my breath work and somatic awareness account. Uh, I have a lot of group events coming up and they're kind of sporadically placed around St. Pete, Tampa, and then out here in Orlando area. And a lot of them are kind of geared towards getting us through the holidays. With Hell yeah. Some emotional Do you have any digital holidays. offerings? Um, I'm actually working on an online portal, which will kind of be like a Great. membership base where people can like log in and take a little 10 to 12 minute module, like somatic module with them for the day. So that'll cool. include breath work and EFT tapping and all kinds of different um somatic cool. practices so that's coming super soon congrats yeah that's awesome january but yeah yeah so a lot going on a lot going on i would say social media is the best way to find out about it all yeah yeah we love to hear it mm-hmm. um you can find me at swamp witch with four eyes um uh you can follow uh wedding season madness at my house events and you can um Follow my candle company at Candles Unincorporated. We're going to be launching um, our holiday candles uh, Thanksgiving week. Um, and we'll be putting out some save the dates in terms of events and pre-order information uh, very soon on our Instagram. Uh, you can find the podcast at entrepreneurs.podcast on Instagram or at entrepreneurs.com. Um, we are working on um, collecting questions for our 50th episode which is coming up soon so if you have any questions or like um, funny memories about about us or the pod send us a dm or an email all right you can find me on uh i've been i've been doing a lot of work on tiktok lately uh the dot she went viral (laughs) and it was for a good one it was it was like you know um it was for a good one because sometimes you go viral and you're just like, oh, God, not that video. But I, I liked it. Um, I liked what the yeah. response was. It's good messaging. Um, so the fake dot guru on TikTok and the dot fake guru on Instagram. And then feel free to subscribe to our newsletter. Um, I've been having so much fun with that. Um, writing hearing all the responses thank you so much for the high open rate everybody who has subscribed already it feels really good to um kind of be engaging with everybody and like have something that isn't owned by uh mark zuckerberg you know i mean (laughs) you can't catch us we have a fucking podcast and an email list like pow pow you know we're unstoppable (laughs) um And then uh, also keep an eye out for some coaching offers coming soon. So that's all for today. Thank you so much for coming on. What an incredible interview. And have a gay day.